I think marketers spend too much time reading HubSpot's blog. I think I, marketers I, spend well, too much totally time reading, yep. reading Seven Cents emails. Yep. I think marketing spends too much time learning about the technical component of their product. I would rather have a marketer read my customer's trade journal than, than to read about marketing proficiency. Hello, everyone. This is Ellen, the producer of The Black Line Between Sales and Marketing, with Doug Davidoff, CEO of Imagine Business Development, and Mike Donnelly, CEO of Seven Cents. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this edition of The Black Line Podcast. We are recording the day after one of the great events in history, at least from my childhood, at least on a beautiful sunny day in the uh, mid-Atlantic area. Mike, you were at the All-Star Game last night, were you not? I was. It was, uh, the game itself was actually pretty boring. Uh, I thought it but I got it. Well, there you go. I thought the ceremonies were just absolutely incredible. That was the, that was the highlight of throughout the game. And I think they just put on a fantastic, you know, fantastic show I for the, uh, I thought they did a great. I thought they did a great job. I'm, I'm wondering um, what. I mean, that place sounded like, especially, especially in the first inning. I mean, it sounded like World Series baseball. I mean, I don't know what World Series base like baseball sounds yeah. like at Nats Park, but if if there was World Series baseball, it, it kind of sounded like that. Oh, it was incredible. So when Scherzer got out there, it was just. I mean, it was going nuts on those when 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 he had those first two strikeouts. It was it was just electric. So, so I'm going to circle back to something, and then we'll get to our to our main topic. I think it was two or three podcasts ago. We talked about being data driven, and you'll recall that I used baseball as the example, and, and it was interesting. I had some uh, some people that I used to uh, uh, I, I used to be friends with. I guess I'm still friends with them back when I when I coached, um, and they were tweeting about the game. Um, and actually, Sean Doodle had a pretty pretty funny tweet too. I, I think in so many ways, the game yesterday represented part of the problem that baseball is having today, but it also represented what data-driven decision-making is, um, which is uh, there were 10 home runs. I believe eight of them were solo home runs, by the way. Which, yep, yep. And there were like uh, 25 combined strikeouts or some insane thing. I know, I know for the first year in the history of baseball, there were more strikeouts uh, so far than there have been hits. Um, and it was uh, it was fascinating because Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner of baseball, in his annual state of baseball address that he gives around the All Star Game, talked about the fact that you can't stop or blame front office from making decisions that are in the interest of winning baseball games. What you have to decide, though, is is the is the decision making that they're doing good for the game, quote unquote? And you know, do we need to um, do we need to stop them? And and, and I think if you talk to I, I think if you talk to new or old baseball people, they'll tell you that they don't love the game as much. It it, it is that strikeout, home run, um, not a whole lot in between. And 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 I and I share this because it is an important point, and I think it'll play into um, our main topic for today. Being data-driven is not being popular-driven, right? If, if you were solving for ratings, you, might, you probably aren't making the same decisions that you're making. Like, the shift is not good for ratings. Uh, and, and, and 
that's what being data driven is. Being data driven is, 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 is following that data. So I thought I would, I thought I would share that. Did you hear, by the way, uh, they were, um, they had players who were mic'd up during the game. Oh, really? And not just mic'd up like you could hear what was happening, mic'd up like they were talking to them during the game. So like uh, Jim Nance was talking to Bryce Harper when Trout hit his home run. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact Harper called it out. He said, okay, that one's gone. <laughs> but they were, they, were, they were talking to Francis Lindor. He's the shortstop for the Indians. And they were asking him what he felt about the shift. Um, and I thought he summed it up well. He says, I, I, I like it when we take away the other guy's hits. I don't like it when we take away mine. Right. When it takes away mine. Anyway, so what does that all have to do with what we're talking about today? Um, you know, I was, I was going through some of the old show notes. Okay, that's not really true. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about a lot of the old shows. And, and you know, we, we've done a lot where we talked about what marketing is doing wrong um, and why marketing frustrates us. Well, I haven't. You have. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> and, and so I thought it would be a, a, a good conversation for us to talk about what, what does marketing done right or, or what is a marketer doing the job right? Um, what does that look like? Because I know we both agree that marketing is crucial and, and, and only more so. I mean, I, I will tell you what, it is a market. Let me ask you this question. I've got a philosophy. Tell me if you agree or not. It is a, if we think about the future, it's a marketer's world, baby. Without a doubt. Right. I, the salesperson, like there, there is a question about the salesperson. There's a legitimate question about the relevance of salespeople in the future. I, I think it's overblown, but it's a fair question. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, if you're a strong marketer, the future is your playground. Yep. And so what does marketing done right? What does a valuable marketer look like, sound like, act like? Mike, what, what makes a marketer, what would make a marketer relevant for you? So it's an interesting question. And I'll tell you when I was in, I'll start off with what I think made salespeople in the technology industry. And I still think makes them relevant and also makes them, uh, diff- that they're able to differentiate themselves from others. And then I'll apply that to where it works with marketing because you asked a good question and it, and, it, and, it, and it spurred this. One of the things that I used to really look for when I was, when I was hiring tech salespeople was their aptitude to actually want to learn how the technology worked, what value the technology provided, and then finally being able to talk about or or deliver value to a customer without having to have a, a sales engineer or something like that. So they, they were just genuinely interested in how tech worked. And I, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so just, just listen to where I'm going with this. Where I think the best marketers are today are people that actually understand how the backend technology works. Because then they can start applying use cases or principles that actually that um, differentiate their brand. For example, like in email marketing, I can't tell you how many marketers I talk to. They don't even know how opening click tracking works. Wait, so I understand that's a relevant topic for you. Um, 
Are you saying the marketer for an email marketing product doesn't know how it works? Or you're saying that the marketer for another company that's using email marketing doesn't know how it works? A marketer that's working for XYZ company doesn't necessarily know how it works. So, so your suggestion then is, remember when we started, we were going to have the, the point counterpoint? Yeah. Um, section but we kept agreeing on too many things so maybe maybe we found you're, you're going to disagree yeah you're going to disagree on this so. um i mean so if i, I want to make sure i heard you correctly so, so you're saying a good marketer is one who understands how the back end of the product works no how the back end of technology works for example how do keywords work how do how does it, what are all the different principles or pieces of email marketing? See, I think, think that's what's wrong with marketers today. I would fundamentally disagree. You look at things like HubSpot just released a, a brand new email certification that I think is absolutely fantastic. And if you are focused on email marketing, you should understand every piece of that because otherwise you're just, you're kind of, you know, pissing in the wind. Mike and I might not be friends after this, everybody. <laughs> um, huh? What does that have to do with marketing? What does that have to do with being relevant? What does that have to do with? Well, why don't we take so it? Why, why don't you? Because it does matter. How can you make decisions about your email program if you don't understand how it works? How that how the system works? If you don't understand, tell me what that means. Give me an example. Works. Give me an example of what of what, of what you're getting. Okay, so maybe I need to go sign up for this email certification. They don't even know what deliverability is. Like they think, oh well, HubSpot said ninety nine point eight percent of my email got delivered, so it got delivered. Delivered and deliverability are two fundamentally different things. And I know I'm talking about purely email Take marketing. Take it away from you, email. Take it away from email for a second. Okay, so you can do it. You can do it. You, you can think about keyword searching. How does Google work? How do you rank in Google? How do you rank in Facebook? How do you serve up relevant ads to the right people on Facebook? If you don't understand how the Facebook algorithms work, yeah, you can collect as many leads as you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good leads. So the best marketers understand how the backend system works. I'm not talking about content think, writers. Content writers I, are fundamentally, that, that's no, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about marketers. I'm talking about somebody yeah. that, I'm, I'm so what I'm talking about is somebody that, that, that carries a marketing title that sits down at a table and executives go, so what do you think? So what should we do? So, or, or not even, I don't even necessarily have to ask the question. They're able to sit down at the table with, with, a, with a group of executives as they're laying out strategy and laying out resource allocation and figuring that out to be able to continue to, to contribute to the conversation of how do we acquire or retain or delight or more customers. Absolutely. How did, how did, so here's the thing. How did, how did Barracuda I got grow? Him. I got them all riled up. How did Barracuda grow? We had Steve Powell on and he told us they used the backend technology to understand that if we put ads up in an airport, it will reduce our cost, per, uh, cost per click. No. 
so, they, so they, they understood how Google taking, did their ranking system. No, what they understood. So hold on. So we got two different things. And if you want to, and, and I mean, what, what they, and by the way, they didn't understand it. It was the CEO who was an engineer who, who had a. a it wasn't the CEO. It was, yeah, it was one the, of the guys in the marketing team. No. No, one of their engineers. Yeah. You want to go back? Do you want to go back and listen to it? It we'll, was we'll the go CEO back who was an engineer who looked at it through an engineer's prism. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet. You want to bet? How, I, we talked about that last week. The, you, want, you want to bet? Somebody yeah, play it back. Get it. Get it. I want it, I want it right now live. Come on. Let, let's play some sound on it. Five, okay, you got it. You got it. Because um, you know what word you didn't use in your entire conversation about what makes a marketer good? What? Customer. Well, you're right. I didn't, but <laughs> I was just going I think, through the. I was going through the first piece. I think. I think marketers have gotten obsessed. I, I, I think. I think marketers have gotten obsessed. I think they've always been, right? I think that's been part of their problem. Um, I think the reason that they get called the heads of arts and crafts is because they've always been obsessed about tactics, and they come in and they say, "Oh, well, let me tell you how." this and this or um and what they don't do is they don't say here here's here's what our customers doing here's here's what they're thinking here's 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 that here's that connection i don't know how google's algorithm works I well nobody I'm knows sure. how google's algorithm works except I don't, for google you know how i started ranking and it's why for years we were i was afraid to offer because you're writing good content well but you, know people, I, but you know why I wrote good content? Because it was for the customer. Because I, I thought about what, what are the issues that the customer has. Yeah. Right? And, and I mean, you know, Marcus Sheridan gives you the, I mean, if you want to, if, like the, the, the problem, I, I, I think the problem with marketing today I'm not saying don't, is that it's don't gotten all technique. I could care less about the, how email clicks, Here's the thing. If you, if marketers were really good at what they did, we wouldn't need to worry about what email open rates and click rates. No, you're right. You're, no, you're right. Absolutely. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. If you're not if, spamming people and, you know, writing crappy content and things that, that you know, people don't want to like see. Say, that's like saying, I, I got a question. I, got, I know where I'm going to, but that, that would be like saying, because I want to, I really want to rile you up. That's like saying a good salesperson is the salesperson who knows their product the best. No, they know the customer's problem the best, but they know how to solve it. See, I think the best salesperson has no idea how to solve it. You know, I think the best salesperson in the world knows what to do. They know how to get the customer to understand something, and they know how to bring the right people into play. It was interesting you said that you wanted a salesperson who didn't want to use a sales engineer. Or well, they didn't, didn't sales engineer. Need, they didn't always need a sales engineer. I'm like, I'm why the hell? When with a team or you... you, you I'm like, why would you talk about something if you could have a sales engineer talk about it? Go find somebody else to talk to. That's the hard thing. When, when, once we're in the conversation where the questions that the sales engineer can answer come up, guess what? The hard work's done. Every minute you spend on that is time that you could, spend, you could be spending finding somebody else. 
I mean, I remember I, I didn't really do, I didn't lead sales teams in the tech industry. I advised, I've advised a lot of them. Yes, but, but you can. I'm like, if you want to be a sales engineer, be a sales so, But if, you, uh, so to be fair, I'm not saying don't use the sales engineer, but if you can pre-qualify an opportunity, an opportunity by simply understanding the customer's problem and whether or not you have a good solution to solve it, you can walk away from deals faster. You can also say, you, you, hey, this is a good opportunity for us. We need to put all of the energy and all of the resources into making this opportunity uh, a win-win. Right, I, I'm, I'm down with you there. So what, what is, if you think about the role of marketing, we hire, we hire marketing to do X. What, what do you hire marketing for? Awareness, customer satisfaction, education, all of those things. What does marketing solve for? What's the problem that marketing should be solved? Well, they can, they can solve for a lot. Okay. What, what are some of the things they need? Is, I mean, again, aware, awareness, how do we, how do we, how do we have more customers that are good customers find us? How do we take our customers and make them more successful? Okay, well, let, let, let's actually, so let, let, let's talk about areas of marketing then, of, of, of marketer. Because I, I think that, so, so you've got a generalist. Yep. You've got an acquisition-oriented marketer. And then I would say you've got a retention-oriented marketer. I mean, I, I, I do think one of the problems that marketing has is I think that too often, I'm curious if you agree on this, I think too often marketing is put in a position where the same person or same set of people are supposed to solve equally for acquisition that they're supposed to solve for retention. Yeah, I, I, would, very, totally, I would. I think they're very different. Um, yeah. Very different disciplines. Yeah. Um, by the way, what... I, I saw something that made me laugh and maybe I'm just old and you're a tech. No. Um, you are hey, old, but Hey, get off my lawn. Yeah. What is like, every, I, I, people are like the tech industry is talking about product marketing, like product marketing is a thing. What, what the hell is product marketing? That's different than marketing. I, I've always, I don't know. That piece confuses me too. I, I, th I think that's, There's, I think again, I think that becomes a problem. A little bit of product, it can be a little bit of um, product management. I think all too often gets confused with product marketing. Because I think, I, I think it's funny because there's a company that I saw that like just obsesses in their stuff about their customer centered and they're hiring five product marketers. And I thought that was funny. Right. I think. Right. Yeah. And, 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 I, and so I think that's the, I think that's, I think that's the, I think that's been the problem with sales. I think for, for years we, we, you know, product knowledge has, has dominated. Um, 
you know, has, has dominated the sales side to the point where, where, you know, I love brand new salespeople. You know why I love brand new salespeople? Because they don't know anything about the Because they don't know anything. Right. Not that they don't know anything. They don't know anything about the product. Yeah. Right? So they can't drone on about the product. The only thing they can do is have a conversation. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying speeds and feeds, but again. Speeds and feeds. Yeah, I mean, that's the like term it. we always use. Yeah, speeds like and feeds, but. Trinkets and traps. To, to understand the problems or the challenges that customers are facing from a tech perspective. And I'm not so, saying so hold on a second. be able to just spit out speeds and feeds of here's how we're going to solve your problem with increased performance X, Y, Z. So are we talking about technology marketers or are we talking about marketers? I'm talking about technology marketers. So let's talk about marketers. Cause I think a marketer is a marketer, whether they're a technology marketer, whether in tech or not. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think you're, you're one thing to be a successful marketer in tech and a different thing to be, I, I, I think, no, no, I, I, I actually think that. marketing more than sales is probably as transferable um, a skill set as there is. Yeah. And, and so what, what's a good marketer that's not in tech? Let's take it out of that for you so that you don't just talk about open rates and click rates and calculations. Speeds and feeds. <laughs> no, ask, ask the question again. So, so what you, you talked about you talked about what would make a marketer good. They need to understand this and this. Um, I think that's one. You were talking about a tech marketer. You were talking right. about but, that's that's but one talking, piece. But so, what's the other piece? Well, understanding the challenges that the, the customers are having, and I'm and and there's always going to be content. Like when when we talk about marketers, I think sometimes content creators get get pulled into that. And like you said, there's, there's all too often of too many generalists than there are specialists. So I don't think content creators are marketers. I think content creators are in marketing, mm -hmm. but they're not marketers. But I don't think email experts are marketers. You do or you do not? I do not. I do, I do not think that SEO specialists are marketers. I think they're SEO specialists, like content creators or content creators. Mm -hmm. I think SEO specialists are um, SEO, voodoo, black magic, read tarot cards. I'm kidding. Um, like that, like that, that there, there's a technical discipline that, that, that needs to be understood in, in, in that space. But that's like email. I'm but how many, but how many, how many companies can afford all types of different specialists? But, but, but see, here's my point. I don't need you to understand how email open rates and click rates are calculated. Cause who cares? If I can't afford email an email technical specialist or access to somebody that can provide an email technical specialist when needed, why do I care about email click rates? And cause, cause guess what? If you can't afford somebody who specializes in email, then you don't have enough emails going out that the click rate is the difference between you being successful or not. 
So we get all tied up in, well, you deal with it. You talk about how many people talk about my, you know, well, what's the AB test? How can you AB test? And you're like, yeah, you're like, dude, you send, you send 5,000 emails a month. What do you care? Right. Right. And, and so, I, I mean, like if you can only afford one thing, I want somebody who understands how to create customers. Give, give me someone who knows how to create customers, how to think about customers, how to talk about the customer's business. You know, I think, you know, for years, sales ignored buyer personas. And, and, and in a lot of places, they still do. Yeah. And, and what did they say? Why did people avoid, why, why, why did they ignore um, personas? That's a marketing thing. Right? Marketing has brought personas to the sales side. It's one of the best things that has happened to sales teams if, if they take advantage of it. You know, marketing is responsible. Marketing is responsible for teaching sales who the customer really is. Yeah. Right. But how many of them know who the customer is? Well, we, we've talked about this in plenty of previous episodes. I think that's one of the, that is one of the fundamental challenges that marketers face is they're, they're not, they're not having enough customer interaction. The salespeople are the ones that are having the customer interaction. Well, you know, it's funny when we talk about customer interactions, that's a funny thing. Cause you know who the worst people to talk to about market research is on the planet, the worst market researchers in the world, in the world. <laughs> salespeople. If you want to know what most of your customers are thinking about for most organizations, don't talk to your sales team. I'm not talking about the marketer talking to the sales team, but no, that's saying, what happens. What I'm saying, the marketer needs to talk to the customers. You know, the marketer should talk to the customers. You're absolutely right. And the marketer should be, the marketer should be on sales calls to understand what's actually happening in the sales process because they're the ones that, that, can, that can see the whole thing. But I don't even think a marketer has to talk to a, to a customer to be able to bring that. Here's an idea. I think marketers spend too much time reading HubSpot's blog. I think I marketers spend too much totally time reading, yep. reading seven cents emails. Yep. I think marketing spends too much time learning about the technical component of their product. I would rather have a marketer read my customer's trade journal than, than to read about marketing proficiency. That's a good point. Right. I, 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 marketing should be the voice of the customer. Right. Too often, if they're the voice of anything, they're the voice of the seller. Yep. Right. And, and, and so we get ourselves screwed up um, because we, we, we get sucked into this vortex of we talk about click rates. And, and why do marketers talk about click rates? Well, because they had something that worked really well. And look, that was a big click rate. And we go, wow, it was successful because we had, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah, no, the, um, 
And, and, and so I, I actually think marketers are too educated on, on the, the, the technical side. And that's why they can't see the forest through the trees. That's why we can't have, um, I'm not going to name a company, but you were telling me about a company that has an email problem. They send out massive reams of email. They send out terabytes of emails a day, a week, something like that. What? But we have plenty of customers that send out millions of emails a week. But I just like saying terabytes. Don't say millions. Say yeah. terabytes of data in email. Yeah. Right? What's above terabytes? What did you say? What's above tera? See, it's giga, tera. Peta. Peta. Petabyte. Oh, you got to be careful about that. That could get you in trouble. Yeah. If people misunderstand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you were telling me they have like a 1% open rate. Yep. Open rate. Yeah. And they wanted to know about the A-B test or something. Yeah. Right? I, I think the reason that if, if, you took a, if you took someone who understood the customer, I don't think they would ask you that question. Yeah, because they wouldn't be getting 1% open rate. Well, by the way, and, and what, what's the number one reason why they wouldn't get 1% open rates? Because they wouldn't send out the reams of email to people that are just not interested. Not because they see, I, I get, I got news for everybody that's listening. If you have less than a 5% open rate, I might even go maybe 10 to 15% open rate. But if you have less than a 5% open rate, the quality of your email is not the issue. Would you, is that fair? You're the email. Yeah, I yeah no, totally email. fair. Right. The quality of email is not, not, if you're, if you're, web to conversion rate is less than a half percent you don't have a a quality of conversion problem you don't need to be optimizing your site you don't need to be oh well i heard blue buttons are better than green buttons yeah you've got a who is coming to your site problem you've got a who are you sending email to problem yep right and and so marketers have become like well i'll tell you this here's the fundamental problem with marketing the fundamental problem with marketing is what we call marketing is actually not marketing. It's a subset of marketing, marketing, communications, promotion. If you think about it, if you look at the marketing departments that exist in the bulk of companies, and if we were to go back 40 years, they were called the promotions department. Right. And their fundamental Direct job mail, was, TV was to create, was to create headlines. That was their job was to create tear sheets and headlines. Right. But marketing is people, place, product, and promotion, right? And, and, and people, by the way, meaning customers. Product meaning understand how the customer connects, how the product connects to the customer, not, not the operation side. Um, place was about distribution. How do people consume? How do people buy? Why do they buy? They don't understand that. And that's why they don't get a seat at the table. Because what they do is they say, okay, here, I'll broadcast this. And so what we do is we get better and better and better. And I actually think we get better at the wrong things. Interesting Mike, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, Mike. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so I think, I think, marketers need to understand how revenue is created. And actually, I think that applies whether you're on the acquisition side or the retention delay. Or the retention side, yeah. 
right? How is revenue created? And you know what I think is even, is as important, I don't wanna say more important, but is as important. Understanding how your customer creates revenue. How many marketers could come in and talk to the executive team at their company about how their customers do their business? Very few. And what would you pay for a marketer who could do that? A lot. What if they didn't know anything about how technology worked? They'd still be invaluable. I would pay them a lot because I can, because that other, right? And I don't mean to, but I think that, I think we get so jammed into, you know, it's, it, I'm sorry, I didn't finish the sentence, but you, it, what you made me realize is, because I've been dealing with some salespeople recently on this, um, and I'm realizing that the, the problem that salespeople have isn't actually that different than the problem that marketers have, right? Um, so this, this conversation was supposed to be about marketing, but I can't help but bring them both together. And, and I think it's interesting because we talk about them. You and I talk about them like they're totally different creatures. No, no, not at all. Right. right. But we talk about them that way. And I, and I used yeah. to think they were like totally different. They just tick differently. I've actually seen that, that, that I might, might. But you're, you're, making a, you're making an interesting point there because, yeah, I mean, in today's world, the, the sales is focusing far too much on the technology than the, the, there's all these tools that exist. See, I'll tell you, here's why I think sales, here's where I think salespeople get it wrong. I think salespeople, where, where salespeople fundamentally get it wrong and it kills them from day one if, until they understand this, is they think authority and credibility is about having the answer. Right? They think if they can give the answer, that's the thing. Right? If I give the answer, I'm in control. Right? Um, and, and, and salespeople are paranoid about credibility. Yeah. They go, well, well, I got I to gotta tell them this so that they'll listen to me. And you know what I tell them? You're talking to them. So they're listening. Or they're at least listening as much as they're going to if you come up with the greatest answer. And by the way, if I'm not listening to you right now, anything you say, anything you tell me, ain't going to get anywhere. Great salespeople ask really good questions. Yep. And, and that is why great salespeople, truly great salespeople can sell anything. Really good salespeople, top professionals, they can't sell anything. They're top in, in, in where there's a match. There's nothing wrong with that. But great salespeople can sell anything because all great salespeople do is they ask the right questions. They ask questions. And, and, ask questions and listen. And, and, and the truth is, and then, and, then, and then peel the onion. Let's just add that one, right? So it's, yeah. Because um, the truth is the questions, the good questions are pretty much the same. And, and so marketing has the same problem is we try to, we, 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 marketers keep trying to get this vertical expertise about, about the back end of, of the product or marketing or whatever. And, and the single greatest value that a marketer provides is helping the organization understand the customer. And that's why I would much rather see product marketers called customer marketers because the customer marketer could actually tell the product team what the customer is doing. Right. And that's why, that's why I hate the term product manager. I'm managing the product. Well, great. You know, we're customer centered. We have product managers. Well, no, it sounds to me like if you call me a product manager, you know what I'm going to focus on managing the product. Right. 
And, and so I think understanding the customer is number one. Get out there. Understand how does your business work. Go out and get the book, um, The Business Model Generation Map. I think that's the name of the book. Um, and learn how to put a business model together. Learn what a value proposition is. Learn what your customer's value proposition is. Do you know who Wendell Weeks is? You might know who he is. You might have heard of him. No, I don't. Wendell Weeks was the CEO of Corning. And Wendell Weeks was the CEO of Corning through the Y2K phase, um, which we, some people might know Corning. Actually, I don't think anyone here knows Corning for the um, kitchen stuff that they used to make because I'm probably the oldest one on this podcast or listening to it. And that probably dates me a little bit. But Corning was the number one manufacturer of, um, of fiber. Um, right. Right for for the for the you know the various fiber networks et cetera. So Y two K needless to say was a really bad thing for them. And what's what's interesting was like they lost like they they went ten x down in that period. I mean just devastating. And 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 Weeks actually got that's when Weeks actually got promoted. He was responsible for product. He actually got promoted to CEO. Um, and what what he said, I remember reading this um, in, in in some stuff because they then came back and 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 what. What Wendell Weeks said was, we realized in that period of time, it wasn't enough to be the best at what we do. We also, it wasn't enough to know our customer better than anyone else. We had to know our customer's customer better than anyone else. Right? And, and I think that is the acid test of, are you a great marketer? Not can you tell me about our customer's business. But can you can tell, you me, tell about me about my customer, our customer's, customer's, business. customer's business? Right. And you might think, oh, well, my customer sells to the community. Okay, well, you know, if you sell to me on a, on a consumer side, you can still carry, okay, well, what's that, what, you know, who's my customer's customer? It might be my family. It might be some interest that I have that's specific. That, right, that's, you know, can you understand that? And then do you understand how revenue gets created? Right. Because if you can't understand those two things, then, then everything else is, it's like, um, it's like six blind men trying to describe an elephant. Right. Yeah. Um, so and how I, many, I mean, how many people do you think focus on, on that side of it? From, from a marketer's perspective? How many people are asking this question? Two percent. Are you 40% sure of that or 80% sure of that? 60% sure of that. <laughs> so it's not even a 50-50. No, more than 50% confident. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I, they, they're, they're out there. Um, we've talked to some of them. But they're, no, but they're rare. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, now here's the thing. In, in, in defense of them, I think their executives don't. No, don't I, I, yeah, right. That's correct. Yep. I think, I think in defense of them, hey, so we've got, we've got our other producer, uh, Drew Davidoff on the line. Hey, Drew. What's up? You're, you're in college, right? I am. And, and you do attend classes 
at least on occasion? I do. Okay, that's correct. Um, and so you're, ma you're majoring in marketing. How, how much time when you're taking your marketing classes, are they talking about the technical components of something related to marketing, be it um, um, market research, consumer product, putting a business plan together, whatever the case may be, versus talking about understanding the business environment, understanding, you know, about versus truly customer facing things. Um, I'd say it's about like 30% spent on tactics and technical things and 70% on the business environment. Defined as what? Because I'm surprised to hear that. Well, we go, we've, we've gone over technical things like, uh, uh, like tracking and, and, and measurement. Um, but a lot of it especially has been spent on, uh, understand, not necessarily solving for the customer, but understanding the customer. Okay, good. So maybe there's progress. Um, cause I, my, my sense is I know when I went, they didn't teach that. Um, I had to learn how businesses worked. Right. Um, and, and so I think that, that executives don't ask for it. And I think that too often marketers aren't, aren't aware of it. So they just don't know. Um, but, but I'll tell you that, that to me would be the asset difference of, of how a marketer um, separates themselves and, and really begins to add enterprise value to the organization. And then the things that they're doing makes sense. I, yeah. I think the reason that so many people ask you the crazy email questions they ask you is because the things they do don't make any sense because there's no context. Yep. Why am I going to a high pitched voice? I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and so I, I think marketing is in the position of understanding if marketing doesn't understand the context of the situation, then nobody in the business does. Agree? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, if there's one incredibly valuable tidbit in this, in this whole Only conversation, one? Which is, well, I'm saying the, the, the concept of it, um, which is the marketer needs to know the customer's customer. And that's the place you start. Well, I, I would say you start with understanding the customer because if you don't understand the customer, then then you. No, yeah, right, right. right. I'm just, I'm, let, let, let's baby steps here, right? Let's not old. <laughs> Look, you want to know what I think the number one problem in in ninety five percent of businesses, and I'm seventy percent certain of this. They don't spend enough time talking about their customer. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me tell you, Mike. I work with companies that tell me, you know, when when we talk about what we do, step one, you know, ideal client profile, know and understand your customer better than they understand themselves, personas, etc. Like, well, you know, we've already done that. We, you know, we we actually hired a company eighteen months ago. They took us through an exercise. We spent, we spent a lot of time doing personas. Um, I don't know why I'm doing a really bad Rain Man voice, but that's what I hear when they say we spent a lot of time. Yeah, definitely a lot of time. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot of time. Personas definitely understand. Um, and I go, okay, great. Then, you know, we'll be able to fly through that. Alan, we're what, three questions in? Like, oh, I don't know. Haven't thought about that. 
oh, and you're on mute. You're supposed to jump. In. Oh my <laughs> yes. God. And, it, and it's like, and I mean, how many times, how many times are we working with, with a client and, and, and talking about, again, I'm not talking about the people who get that they don't know. I'm talking about the people who think they know. And they're like, oh my God, we, we haven't thought about it from that perspective ever before. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that right, right. now. And, and, and here's, here's how I look at it. And I, and I, I'll leave you with this because because I'll tell you also I think you know what we said about about salespeople is true of um, is true of marketers. Marketers ask really good questions. I think the single greatest value. I learned. I just figured it out. I figured out why why marketers are where they are. Um, the the single biggest value that marketers can bring to the table is they can ask better questions. They're the ones that can see the business from outside the business. Everyone else is in the business. Sales is in the business, right? Operations is in the business. Marketing is, marketing should operate from outside the business. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, right. no, 100%. Um, and, and so they're the ones that question, they're the ones that can question the questions, right? And there's a great tweet from this uh, Professor Feynman, Richard Feynman account. I would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Right. Marketing. I don't need you to come up like, you know how, you know, you're talking to a CMO. They're the ones who ask the questions. Right. And, and you're talking, you know, you're talking to a coordinator. They're the ones that only have an answer. Right. They can't do anything until you ask them a question. Right. And, and so what I realized is marketers, marketers are the internal salespeople, right? A good salesperson asks questions that make somebody uncomfortable. Marketers should be asking questions that make internal people uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Right. And and therein lies the problem. You know the, you know why one person goes into marketing and another person goes into sales? I'm gonna get myself in a lot of trouble. Well, I, I want to hear your answer to this. So the people that ask questions, push, prodded, provoked, got in trouble, got sent to detention, um, got lots morning, of time out of yeah. They, they go into sales. Yeah. And, and the ones who, who got gold stars and everybody liked and they were easy to get along with and they always made people happy, they go into marketing. <laughs> um, did I get myself in trouble with that one? I just slacked Jess. So I was like, guess I should have gone to sales, but. You should have. <laughs> Never too late. I'm too nice. <laughs> um, no, but so, so I'm too nice. Did you hear that? She just said that I'm too nice. That's Margaret. So marketers need to be more comfortable shaking the boat. Marketers are, I mean, salespeople are about today, right? Salespeople, they need to hit a number today. Marketing is the, is the, is the group that makes sure that you're relevant tomorrow. And, and I think that, I think that if we get less myopic and we think more about that and I, and I would leave you, I would leave anybody in marketing. I, I'd say the same thing to sales, by the way, but anybody in marketing that is saying, how can I get on the right career path? Um, actually drift had a really cool thing on like the nine things a marketer should be able to do if they want to get promoted. That was, I looked at it quickly. That was pretty good, but it got a little bit tactical because I think this is the meta for that. Um, if you can, if you can talk about the customer better than anyone else in the company, you're good. 
you understand the customer, the customer's customer, and then understand, spend the time, learn how revenue gets generated. I'll tell you what, now this is where I agree with you on the product side. Marketers should, should talk to the product side, but only if they understand the customer. See, that's where they get, that, that's why you and I disagreed yeah. in the beginning is, is I come to understand the product and I just become a mouthpiece of that as opposed to, yeah, no, that's, like, that's, that's, yeah. like the reason that I'm good at what I do is because I can have you tell me about your product and I, and I've worked so hard to be able to get into a customer's mindset that, that I can think about, I can think like the customer and go, okay, cool. Boom. Okay. Here's what we need to do. But if you don't understand that customer component, then, then if you don't understand that customer component, then you're a technician. Yeah. Here's the topic for our conversation on our next podcast. You know how we always say, well, they're strategic, they're tactical. You got to be strategic or you got to be tactical. Someone yeah. asked me the question because I was explaining to somebody about marketing being strategic or tactical. They said, well, what's the difference? What does it mean to be strategic versus what does it mean to be tactical? And I was like, um, that's a good question. Right? It's like, um, well, I know when you're being strategic when I look at it or I know when you're being tactical when I look at it. Right? It's like when, when you're coaching youth baseball and, and the kid's walking and the coach goes out to talk to the kid who's walked like four people in a row and he says, throw strikes. So come on, Johnny, we need to throw strikes. I always wanted to well, see Johnny throw the right. coach. Okay, go really, coach. Wow. Holy cow. I hadn't thought of it. You mean the point of this? I'm supposed to throw strikes? You earned your pay today, right? And, and, I, and I think that's sometimes what it sounds like. Like we, You need to be strategic. Um, I think that would be a good, a good topic. What do you think about that? I, th- I, I, podcast, I love what's it. What's the difference? Yep, I love it. Artie, what's your, uh, what's your parting thought to uh, marketers of today and tomorrow? I think you brought up some excellent points. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say you, you, you beat me on the point counterpoint, but I know that's not the, uh, I know that's not the goal. Uh, no, that, no, that's the goal. (laughs) I'll I'll hold back my language. Um, No, I think, you know, if, again, if you're looking out in the future, I think you brought up some, you know, some great points. If you want to be the best marker, you've got to, you've got to truly know the customer and be able to ask those hard, hard questions internally. Had, had, frankly, hadn't thought about that. You know, I think the greatest salespeople do that, but marketers need to be doing it in order to, you know, really, yeah, to get ahead. We didn't run the tape back, but based on the notes from the Steve Powell podcast, Doug was right. I'll leave everybody with that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. We've got another show at 8 o'clock. I'll leave that to you guys whether or not you want to edit that.